I want to talk about the extravagance of the father. You realise that the father's very, very extravagant and uh, probably far beyond what we could even imagine. Well, he, he is far beyond what we can imagine. He is more generous than you've ever seen, more giving than you would ever know. He's absolutely the best of the best. And his heart, I believe, is it never stops. If you want to find... Shasti always used to say of me that I'm naive in many ways. Um, and, 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 and probably that's... It may be true. Um, but also, I just believe. I believe the best in everybody. And I'll carry on believing it no matter what happens. You understand me? Through the years, I've seen lots of things that have gone on and people that have done all sorts of strange, sometimes wonderful things, sometimes really stupid and strange things. But in the end, I just can't stop believing. I just can't. I still believe in people and in God in people as much as I ever did. And I have to give into that. I have to sow into that all the time. All the time, no matter what. No matter the pain, no matter the cost, no matter the sacrifice, I just have to keep on doing it. Because it's in me to do it. And I go, how is it in me? It's the Father. And he amazes me with his ability to give. Um, but I want to just start this. I'm, I'm, I can't, there's no way that in half an hour I can do anything that I've actually prepared. So I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to take a few little bits. But I want to start Luke 15 and verse 1 and 2. Because you've got to get the parable of the prodigal son in context. So what is happening? Well, this is what it says. It says, then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes complained, saying, this man, now this is the word, isn't it? It's beautiful. Receives sinners and eats with them. This so so Jesus's um, response to the Pharisees and the scribes saying this about him was to tell a number of parables, but one of them was about the prodigal son, as we've named it. But really, it's all about the love of his dad. Because Jesus is really trying to get over to everybody how much the Father loves us. That's what the story is really about. Because both the brothers were prodigal, both of them. They were both that. Even though one of them lived at home and never did a thing wrong. Um, but I love that word. I, I, I kind of stopped on it the other day. This man receives in other words, when you receive something, you take a hold of it, don't you? When, if you receive a gift, you take a hold of it. You embrace it, you go, thank you. Jesus received people. And I want to be like Jesus, don't you want to be like him? But I wonder how many people we actually do receive. Because I know that you don't believe that you, uh, in any way, could be ever offensive to anyone else 
or you could ever be insensitive to anybody else. But I want to tell you, probably all of us are at some point in our lives, aren't we? If not all the time. We don't really know what we're like, which is why Jesus, he told parables about the Father, but he was also telling us parables in order that we might listen and go, am I a little bit like that? Am I like the Father in this parable? Or am I like the younger son? Or am I like the servant? Or am I like the elder brother? Who am I actually like? That's what it's about, really. It's not, I know it's a nice story. But actually, it's not just a story. Jesus was telling it to try and illustrate some truths. And of course, the first thing we've got to know is that Jesus receives us. He really receives us. It doesn't matter if you've done something good, bad, indifferent. It doesn't matter. Jesus just loves you. He can't help it. Listen, it's not about what you've done. Never. It's all about what he has done and how much he actually loves you. I know we think it's to do with us, but listen, you can't do anything without him doing it in you first. It's an impossibility. So even your response, you know, we all go, oh, well, someone's got to repent somewhere. Of course, repentance is a good thing, but do you understand that when someone repents or says sorry, it's because the Father is doing it. It's not because you're doing it. You understand me, my heart, I realise that this heart that God has given me is not really my heart at all. And when I think about it, I think this is the heart of Jesus. He's actually given me his own heart. He's changed my own heart. He gave me a new heart and filled it with his love and with the Holy Spirit. So when I say sorry, it's because Jesus has done something and changed me. And actually it's him saying sorry, it's not really me at all. Because if I were just left, I know, because if I were just left to my own business like the younger son there, I'd, I'd be off with the fairies. You know, I'm being off with the fairies for a little while, it's all right. I did that for a little while. But it doesn't work. But it won't, do you understand me? Well, oh, it's terrible, it's terrible. No, listen to me, we can learn from everything. Stop it. We're learning from everything. Do you understand me? God looks at your life and goes, well, okay, now you realise that, that if you do it that way, it's not so good, is it? If you do it that way, it hurts you. It's a lear- Everything about our journey is a learning. And that's what Jesus knew. He didn't look at people and go, oh, they're a sinner. They're a prostitute. They're a, pub- a publican. He didn't think like this at all. Jesus looked at someone who just went, you know what, I love you. I just, I just want to throw my arms around you. Do you understand me? When it says that Jesus from the age of 12 were filled with grace, that's what it means. It means that he had this uncanny ability to look at someone and go, I really love you. Without judgment. Can we do that? Have we, have we begun to do that yet? We have to begin to do that. Because that's where everything flows from. You understand me? When we talk about God's holiness and his righteousness and his justice, all of that flows out of who he is. God is love. He's love. Do you understand me? You can't really know his holiness without knowing his love. You can't really know his truth without knowing his grace. So we've, we've just got to begin to... I don't know why I'm sharing this, but anyway, I I had a dream the other day 
and it stayed with me all the time. And it was this. I could see, I, I, in the dream, I got up and I was walking and I think I was going to a conference, which is a bit unlike me because I don't go to too many conferences now. But I was going to a conference and I saw a group of ladies, I think it was primarily ladies, and they were all lifted hands and they were praying away. And I thought, that's wonderful. They're all praying away, all, all, all doing, you know, all this prayer. God's hearing it. It's a beautiful thing. I saw them all there praying. And then I saw another group of people and there was a girl on the floor. And she was on the floor and, and all these people were praying strongly over this girl who was on the floor. And she was in obvious pain and grief. And it, it, she, was just, it, she was just in a bad way. And as I looked at her in, in, in the dream, I suddenly thought, you know what? We, what would you do, Dad? I th that was kind of the thought that came through me in the dream. What would you do with this girl? And he said, go forward, I'll show you. And as I, as I went into the dream, I walked through the people who were praying and I laid on the floor with her and I held her. And I kissed her on the forehead. And I cried with her. And everyone was still praying, which is wonderful. But when I finished and go up, I noticed that this girl got up from the floor. And she walked. And she seemed to be completely well. And I thought, Lord, what are you saying? And, and, and this dream said the same thing in probably three or four ways. And I kind of realised, you know what? We've kind of, we, we've learned how to pray. God has teach, taught us how to pray. And, it, and we are learning all the time, and that's a beautiful thing, and we need to carry on praying. We carry on praying, because we care for people as we're praying as well. So we need to carry on doing that. And if you don't pray, you need to begin to pray. Because believe me, there's one day you'll need someone to be praying for you. And that one day you're going to need someone to be praying for you. So you need to learn how to pray for others as well. All of us in this room, there should be no one that's not praying. And praying is this talking to the Father. It's not some religious exercise. This is a talking with the Father. And you don't have to necessarily be here. You can talk to him anywhere you want. But in the end, it's not only praying that will raise someone up. It's, if you want, the laying on of hands. It's the compassion. Because we've lost some, something somewhere, haven't we? The father, did you see that face on there? The prodigal son. Did you see? The face that most of all spoke to me was the father's face. That longing and that desire. Looking for his son. Wanting his sons and daughters to come home. The compassion in his heart. This is how he is. And sometimes God just wants to get down and lay with you and put his arms around you. But you know, it's, it's true what Phil said earlier. The healing, or it might have been Matt, I can't remember who said it. But anyway, the healing is flowing through you. Do you understand me? He's already given the healing. It, it's already here. But someone's got to reach out. Someone's got to... And you want to be like the Father, don't you? Don't you want to be like him? Don't you want to be like Jesus? 
Everything about Jesus said that Jesus came up to people and received them. He embraced them. He loved them. He expressed his inner life towards them. Now that's what you have to get to. Do you understand me? People don't want a scripture without the life of it. They don't want it anymore. It's gone. It's a, it's a dead day. It's a gone day. You know, like a gone girl. It's a gone day. It's gone. All off. It's no longer there. No one wants a scripture without the life in it. Do you understand me? It doesn't it don't work anymore. It's a past time. It's all finished. Now, people want someone who wants to express the life of God to someone else. Well, that's you. That is you. You have got to find yourself in him and begin to express that life. Because you know that you long to be like the Father. Don't you long to be like him? Don't you long just to be quit with all the judgment, all the offence and all the little gritty things that just spoil the possibility of you being like the Father? Huh? You see, I know I have a few of those little things, but I don't have much of it. Because I've practised and practised and practised. Every opportunity that I get, I've run at people, I've looked after people, I've gone, I don't care how much it costs, I'm going to do it. I don't care what it's going to cost me in time. I don't care. Because God wants to express his life through me. Well, he wants to do that through you as well. God is extravagant. Who's going to do it if you're not going to do it? Who's going to do it? Who, who can do it if you don't do it? Who's going to go if it's not you that goes? Who is it? You see, somehow we've got to learn to find this expression of God within us and let him, let him out. Don't you, just, don't you just want to do something that shows his love, man? Eh? We sit in our little boxes. See, that was a problem with the Pharisees and the scribes. They wanted him in a box, but he kept getting out of the box. He kept breaking the box. And even when he died, he broke the box. And he gets bigger and bigger and bigger and he's just filling everything in every way. And the more that I look, the more that I see him. The more that I listen, the more that I hear him. This morning, do you know what you had a lesson in? Do you know what you had a lesson in? You had a lesson in sitting still and listening. You had a lesson in getting into someone else's world. You had a lesson to be quiet and to see what you could hear. And how it might speak to you. Do you understand me? If you're not quiet, if you don't listen, you'll never hear the Father. Because the Father plays the oboe. And he plays it the best of everybody in the world. The, the Father plays the piano. Do you ever hear Steve playing the piano? The best in all the world. The Father plays the piano. Do you hear him on the piano? You see, if you're doing this all the time, and if you're screaming and shouting, and we're you know, making a lot of noise, we don't hear him. Sometimes when, when Nath plays that little guitar there, those strings just go, yeah, yeah, that's the father right there. What are you saying, father? What are you saying? Ellie's voice, when you listen to Ellie's voice, did you hear the father? You see, today was a lesson in listening because we have to begin to hear again. We have to begin to hear him. We have to begin to see him. You have to begin to walk down this street and when you see someone, say to the father inside, Father, what is it? Why did I feel that about that person? You never know, he might just speak to you. 
He might just get you running to the shop to buy them a loaf of bread. He might just get you running to the shop to buy some flowers. Or to pay someone's bill. Just think, you could pay someone's bill at the checkout. Have you ever thought about it? Have you ever done it? Oh, it's a blessed feeling. It's a beautiful feeling. But it's not about the feeling, it's about God reaching out and taking someone's burden. You see, we talk about Jesus, but really, do we know him? Because this is how he is. He's everywhere you don't want to be. He's talking to all the people you don't like. He's with the publicans, he's with the sinners, he's with the prostitutes. He's with the ones that you can't stand the sight of, but you'd never tell anyone, and you'd always smile sweetly, but he's with them. He's in all. I, I once had this amazing dream for the, for the pastor in Paraguay. Biggest church in South America, and I had a dream for him. It was wonderful, and I woke up five o'clock in the morning, the light was just coming through, but it was dark. It was quiet, but it was also noisy. It was like the, the, the animals were waking up, and there were noises outside, and I'm upset. I'm going, God, why can't I sleep? I want to sleep. I've got a busy day ahead of me. Why can't I sleep? He said, Paul, listen, watch, observe. I got a whole prophetic word from it. Incredible. That I don't know what the changes will be. It could affect a nation. Do you understand me? And he said to me, Paul, he said, I'm in all the places that you think I'm not in. I'm in the darkness as well as the light. I'm in the cracks. I'm in the places that you don't think I'm in. and You never look for me, but I'm in them. Every one of them. All the time. And if you learn to see, you begin to see things that you never saw before. And you'll be, get, be, be able to say things and express things that you've never said or expressed before. You see, there's a place in Christianity that we've come. And it's a, it's a nice place. It's, a good, it's okay. It's fine. It's nice songs and it's beautiful things that go around around us. And we like it and we go, amen, it's wonderful, beautiful, and I'm learning. Beautiful. But listen, there's another place. There's a place where you can live and begin to express in a completely different dimension. It's, it, it, it's evangelism, but it's more than evangelism. It's like life. It's like Jesus. You understand me? He was walking along and he saw a tree and then he's looking. So he goes, that's Zacchaeus there. Come down, Zacchaeus. I want to stay at your house. Who told him it was Zacchaeus? How did he get that knowledge? Yeah, he was pulling down on, on all the things that God had given him inside, in his mind, all the gifts that he'd got. He was using it all at once as he walked and talked with people. But he received people. And we've got to learn how to receive people. You've got to ask yourself here, is the people that I don't actually like here? Are there people in the congregation that I don't actually like? Am I a bit of a person that, like, stares away from certain people? Is that you? Is it's the people you don't like, you don't like to go to their houses, you don't particularly like them, you've, you've kind of seen them and thought, I don't like the way that they are or the way that they live or... Well, it's your opportunity. It's your opportunity right after this meeting, all week. You've got all week. You can be able to reach out to someone and say hello and begin to say that you care for them. Begin to ask God for a word from them. Just, I don't, when I say a word, I, mean, I just mean a nice word. You understand me? I don't, I don't mean a, a big religious prophetic word. I just mean a nice word. Just have a nice word. Just say something nice. Just express yourself in the way that the Father, that you think the Father would express himself. Just do that. Just try it. It's beautiful. 
I think it was Nigel. We went out for a meal the other night and it was a beautiful meal. We had a lovely meal together. But I was saying that when, when, when you, you don't have to speak a prophetic word to be a prophetic word. You don't have to speak a scripture to be living the scripture. Do you understand me? The scripture envelops you. The scripture lives in you. So it's like the, the scripture on the inside of you helps you become the person that you really are. And then when you speak, the scripture's kind of seeped into the person that you are. So when you speak, you're not necessarily speaking scripture, but you're speaking the words of God. Because he's in you. And when you speak in dreams, you know, you, you, when, it, it's all things that are in you. It's, we have to stop trying so hard and start living this life. It's a beautiful life. And we've got it. He's here. He's with us. Isn't it beautiful? We just have to find ourselves and begin to go, Jesus, I want to be like you. I mean, receiving publicans and sinners and prostitutes, they didn't like it. Who knew? We're better than that. But really, Jesus was just with people, wasn't he? You understand publicans and tax collectors and sinners and prostitutes. Just people. Oh, well, I'm not a prostitute. Oh, well, mm. let's get it in the light then. No, but we, we, we have all sorts of measurements, but you understand me, God doesn't have any of those. He really doesn't. He just loves us. And somehow, we've got to begin to express that love. It's extravagant. Huh? Can you see him there, the Father? It doesn't matter where you are in your life. Can you see him? He's looking for you. You can't go any place that he isn't. It's an impossibility. You cannot. It's an impossibility. It doesn't matter if you try to run away. It doesn't actually matter if you make your bed in hell. You understand that? It doesn't matter. Well, I can make my bed in hell. Yes, because he's there as well. According to David, do you remember? He's right there. He's, he's everywhere. There's nothing that isn't him. He is everywhere. And he's got his arms around everyone. Around you, no matter where you are. And, and you understand me, it's like a magnet. The father was like a magnet. And the father looked at the son. He couldn't wait to put his arms around him. It wasn't like he was going, mm, well, I'm waiting till he's repented. No, no. That was just something the, the guy had rehearsed. But the very fact that he'd come back was the father drawing him back with his love. He knew the father's love and it caused him to come back. Do you understand that? It wasn't the repentance. It was the father drawing him back that caused him to go, Dad, I'm sorry. I've made a mess. It was always the father's love. He wants some rehearsal. To like be religious, it was just the father drawing him in. And the son, when I'm, I'm not worthy, father, I know what a mess I've made. The father said, son, I don't care. Come to me. I don't care. I've been waiting for this day for so long. I want to kiss you. I want to hug you. Put the robe on him. Put the ring on him. Everything's about security and he's, in the, he's the person that he is. Huh? He said, come on. Get the best of everything. And, and the, the sadness was, you know, did you wear it in the, 
the elder brother, the elder brother said this. He said, uh, Dad, I've been with you all these years serving, serving. There's thousands of Christians like that. I've served you. He didn't say, Dad, I've been with you all these years living in this beautiful house. I've been with you eating your food off your table, sharing everything wonderful that you've got. He didn't say any of those things. He said, Dad, I've been with you serving, slaving away all these years. That's where, the, that's where the son's heart was, the elder son's heart. And then he says, and, and, and what's more, I didn't go off. You see, he reminds his dad of all the things that his younger brother did because actually he really does want to punish him. You understand me? Because that's what we like. We want some punishment. Someone give us some punishment. But God goes, no, I'm not going to punish you. Do you see him? Do you see him? That's Jesus, my son. Everything that was to take, he took it all for you because there is no punishment. No punishment, no punishment. <gasps> oh, it does something. Our theology goes, blah, 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 blah. I'm not sure I can stand that. No, there's no punishment. Isn't it beautiful? That's the gospel, you see. That's the good news. There is no punishment. What, you really mean that, Paul? Yes, I really mean it. No punishment, just love, just grace. Because that's how he is. Even if you make your bed in hell, he's still that. He can't help himself. There's something about us though, there's something about internally, we just, we struggle so much to allow this expression of life to flow through us, don't we? We've learned how to be. And this is how we are going to be. No, no, listen, it's not. We're not. Because for freedom he came. For life he came. Everything that brings life and love and freedom, he wants it for you. He wants you to feel free. You know, even that we sit in chairs and we put them all in rows and all that. Well, that's fine. It's not a problem. But listen, it... You don't need the chairs. You don't. We've got to learn to express ourselves. Express this inner part of us. Because that's what you're dying to do. That's what you're dying to do. You realise that? You've always been dying to do it. But now in Jesus you get. You get to do it the right way. You've always been dying to live. That's, that's what you've longed for all your life. Well, I've got, oh, no, I have the book. The book will keep me in tandem, straight down the road, not looking to the right or the left or any of those things, just straight down the line. Huh? Oh, come on, give yourself a break, please. We, we, we need to learn how to be again. Truly we do. Truly we do, because I, I, I just go, oh, Jesus, I, 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 wanna, I want to meet people that, I went to Silverstone the other week. Did I tell you? I went to Silverstone. I didn't tell you. I told you. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Oh, yeah, all the richest people in the world were there. That was great. I want to be right there. No, really, I do. Why? Because the rich? No. Because I've got someone that they need. And he's all over me. Honest. And they know it and they feel it. And they go, what is that? What is that? I like that. I like that guy. What has he got? I like him. I want to be with him. 
that nice to know? That's not me. Oh, please understand me. I'm not boasting. I'm just saying that's how it is. When Jesus lives inside, this is how he is. He's beautiful. And he just wants to get out and give everyone a massive hug. No, honestly, I, I, more and more it's difficult for me because I, I, I want to kiss and hug everybody, me. But I can't. I just can't do it. You understand me? There's cues want to see me. I can't get to you. And afterwards I go, oh, I saw Phil's face and he was just looking at me. I just wanted to go and just hug him and say hello. I couldn't do it. I hope he knows that I'm thinking of him today. That's, what, that's, that's how I feel inside myself. Do you understand me? I can't help it. Something's happened to me. Jesus. Because he's like this. He's beautiful. He's beautiful. He just wants to love people. And of course, now, you know, you can't go jumping all over people and kissing them and all that. You know, there's a way to do it. There's a way to do it. You understand me? But, but doing it, being like that, is important. And you want to, and you can practice as much as you want. Can't you? You can practice with, with each other. You can just say nice things to one another for a little while. Stop trying to correct one another and just say some nice things to each other. No, honestly, don't, don't, don't look for a moment to give a scripture and put someone right. Just, just be with them and be nice to them. Be kind to them. Just be with them. Just romance them a little bit. Just say, it's so nice to be with you. I'm pleased that we can just talk like this. And this isn't a, a scriptural encyclopedia, biblical reference time. Because some people are like that as well. You sit down with them and they give you scripture and verse and I tell you, they tell you everything straight away. Yeah, but I want to know you. I want to know you. I've got an encyclopedia at home. I can read that. <laughs> no, I want, to, I want to meet you. Don't you understand me? Jesus didn't go along like a little, a little religious book talking to people. He was alive. He was alive. He was the man who loved partying. He loved a party. What? Yeah, honestly. I can't help it. I'm sorry if you're upset. It's not my fault. He just loved a party. He loved a party. He loved to eat. He loved to be with people. He just loved people, didn't he? That's the kind of church that we need to be, innit? We just need that. Do you want to be like that? I want to be like you. Extravagant love, you know. You know that there's a few parables before. And Jesus is trying to, he's not really talking about the woman that's looking after the coin. Although he's talking about the woman that looks. But when she finds the coin, what does she do? She has a party. You understand me? It's all about the party. You understand me? He goes, in the presence of the angels is rejoicing. Well, who's in the presence of the angels? Well, actually, that must be the Father. The, presence is in, the Father is in the presence of everyone. His presence is in our presence. He's here all the time, isn't he? So when he said, he said uh, the, the angels are celebrating, or the, there's joy in the, in the presence of the angels, he meant the Father's jumping up and down. The father's jumping up and down. He's rejoicing because he found something that was lost. And he likes a pie. Because we, we, we don't really know what it is to pie. Do we? We don't. We're, we're, not, we're, oh, we're so stingy, man. No, no, I, I mean it, honestly. Even when we do a good party, we're still stingy. <laughs> no, I mean, Jesus enjoyed a party, didn't he? I mean, you know, pour out the wine now. How, how much were that? How much wine were that? Jesus, what are you doing? 
don't you know that you have to uphold the rules? Don't you know that we don't do this kind of thing, Jesus? Yeah? And Jesus is sat there and he's having dinner and this woman comes along, stunningly beautiful woman. Stunningly. And every, every bloke in the place goes, Ooh, she looks good. Oh yeah, no, they do. You know, blokes do that. You realise that. You realise that, don't you, ladies? The blokes just are wired like that. I'm sorry, but that's how it is. We look and go, oh, she's stunning today. Huh? It's when you take it further than that, you've got a problem. You understand me? That's when the problem is. But anyway, back to the, the, all the Pharisees and Sadducees. The Sadducees were sad because they were Pharisees. So anyway, she comes in, she's stunning. And they're all going, what's she doing in the house? Why is she here? She is going to defile the proceedings. I mean, on, honestly, if, if I knew a few ladies of the evening, I'd bring them just to see how you'd react. No, really. And in they came, in she came, beautiful, stunning woman. That's what they say about Mary Magdalena. She was stunning, beautiful. She's a very high-class hooker who comes in and she goes straight to Jesus and begins to anoint him. What? Why didn't Jesus say no? Why didn't he? Because there's no fear in him. No fear. Fear's an amazing thing. We cover it and we call it, we, we, we sometimes call our fear wisdom. No, we do, honestly. Sometimes we call our fear wisdom, but it's not. Fear, fear, when you begin to see what fear really is, it cloaks itself in all sorts of religious terminology. But in the end, it's because of fear. We don't know what we might do. Should we be given the opportunity to do it? That's the problem, you see. So then we couch it as much as we can in religious terms to make it sound okay. But I'll tell you what, until you're free, you don't know that, you, you don't see that properly. You understand me? You've got to get free from it. Then you can enjoy life in a different way. Honestly. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm not talking about anybody else. I'm talking about Jesus. You all say you want to be like him. Well, I'm just, I, I'm just uh, causing you to be provoked a little bit about who Jesus really is and what he's really like because you say you want to be like him. Yeah, well, if you want to be like him, he's going to take you some places that are dangerous. <laughs> yeah, danger. Life is dangerous, isn't it? Oh, come on, kids. We've got to live. You've got to start living again. We've got to start living. I know, I know we, we, we're very thankful for where God's brought us, but, you know, we've got to start living again. Go start living properly. There is a right way to live. And there's a wrong way to live. And most of us know the wrong way to live. But now we're learning the right way to live and it looks like Jesus. And you go, oh, well, yeah, but Jesus is one on his own. Yeah, but Jesus, the whole point about Jesus coming was that he was going to transform me into his very image. That's what I actually believe about the gospel. He didn't just come to save me. He didn't come just to wash me and cleanse me. He came to make me like he is. 
That is his greatest joy. Do you understand me? I don't, I've, got, I've got to say, and I know that some people will slaughter, slaughter me for it, but I don't think... When it says that we're going to be swallowed up in Jesus, of course we're going to be swallowed up in Jesus, but you are still going to be you the whole of the rest of your life. You are not going to be Jesus. You are going to be you, and Jesus is going to be in you, and you are going to live like you never lived before. That's the whole point of the gospel. There is no other point about it, is there? That's the point of it. God wants you as his sons and daughters, and that is what he's longing for. That's the gospel right there. huh? So don't tell me that you're going to become a blob of nothingness floating around like this little puree cloud. Oh, you're not going to be, you're going to be you. Fully you, but full of him. Don't you want that? Don't you want every organ in your body, every, every part of your heart, every bit of your mind to be glowing with his life? Come on. This is why he died for us. Where do we think we're going? What do we think? You think, oh, well, once I get to glory, it's a different environment, I'll be different. No, no. No. Right now, you can learn to be different. Right here, right now. In this place, in this, in this world that God's given us, we can learn to be different. Learn to live like Jesus lives. That's what we can do. And then when we get there, of course... There might, be some, there might be some pools and stuff that we've got to bathe in, you understand me? There's going to be a lot of pools. We'll get through the gates and they'll go, you need a little wash, just go over there. Oh, we just relax a little bit. I don't, I don't deny this thing's going to happen in heaven, but listen to me. Jesus did what Jesus did for now. Here and now, as well as there. That's why you did it. Otherwise, we just keep going to him. One day, one day soon, no, today is the day. Today is the day. Come on. Come on, you need to get excited about it because somehow you've got to go, Jesus is inside me. Why am I waiting for anything? He lives on the inside of me. He sings on the inside of me. He gives through me. He sows his life. He wants to do the impossible. He wants to do some exploits. He wants to go somewhere. He wants to meet some people. He wants to blow your boxes asunder. Until you go, God, this is living. Huh? I tell, I tell you, I, am gonna, I will burst into flames one day and that'll be it. <laughs> no, no, sometimes it feels like that. But, but until that day, I am going to do whatever I need to do. And I can't be messing about. I am looking. I tell you what, I am looking in my heart for people all over the world that want to do the impossible. I found a few of them that want to do the impossible. Don't tell me we haven't got enough money. Don't tell me we can't do it. Don't tell me any of that. I'm sick of hearing that stuff. Do not tell me it anymore. We can do whatever we jolly well want to do. Huh? Yes, Lord. Yes, exactly. Thank you, Angela. There's me and you, love. But you get the sense. Huh? God loves us, he's with us, he's for us, he's in us. And he's big. Huh? Just let him give you a slobbery kiss. Huh? Just a big kiss. Sometimes I wonder if he came in and kissed us, we'd wonder a bit, what? You know, you, oh no, don't do it that way. Oh no. Just do it here. 
Well, he might just want to snog you. <laughs> oh, no, you can't say that. No, I, I, all this stuff we sing, the lover of my soul, I want to romance with him and dance with him. Well, come on then. Why not? Why not? Huh? You've got to see it on the inside and then you've got to have a little dance. I saw there were a couple of them just dancing here. I think it were Anchor and, and Jean just having a little dance there. I thought, you never know. If they break out, there might be more dancing. There might be more romancing. Just turn to someone and say, he really loves you. And then say, and God really loves you too. <laughs> oh, well, that's me finished. I didn't, I didn't preach any of what I was going to preach, but hey. Let's just, can, can we just pray together? Can we just pray together? Father, I just want to thank you, Lord, for my family. This beautiful family, Lord, not, not only here, but in other parts of the world as well, Father. I want to thank you, Father, for the privilege and the honour of knowing every one of them, Lord. And Father, I, I, we just want to do some stuff, Lord. Just want to do some stuff, Lord, with you. Whether it's dancing or romancing or whether it's ex exploits and adventures. Father, we just want to do some stuff, Lord, together. And yes, Lord, we are in you and you are in us. So we have our being in you. But Lord, we want to do stuff. And we, and we want to reach out and, and, and talk to people who we've never talked to before, Father. These boxes that we live in, Lord, just help us to take them down, Father. Even people in the house, Lord, who we've never talked to. Father, we just want to take the boxes down and talk and reach out to one another. Father, let there be a beginning somewhere. And then the people, Father, that we walk past and see, Father, we're, we're open, Lord, for you just to give us a little, a little twinge, Lord, a little thought. A little moment, Lord. And we'll do it, Lord. Help us, Father. We need your help. But we love you. We think you're the ace. We think he's ace, don't we? He's the best. Come on, he is the best, isn't he? He's the best. Thank you, Father. You are the best, Lord.